The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. everyone and welcome again to the astrolab the only podcast on your heaven see everyone seems to want to ban and well it's late and uh i think we did get banned i don't know i'm not really sure anymore to be really honest with you uh i am one of your hosts joe dyer with me as always is mr scott campbell and scott i have a question for you have you been invited to the secret gp the secret gp um, no, I think it's because I was the one that said that Hall Breacher should be banned when Commander Legends first came out, <laughs> and due to me being right about that, as well as Oko and Arkham's Astrolabe, and pretty much every card that's been banned for like the last couple of years, they, I'm, I'm just not allowed to the barbecue or whatever's going on. Mm, yeah, the, the, the secret GP that someone's going to lose a lot of money on. Uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so we are going to talk a little bit about that. It's a weird, weird thing that's going on, Oof. uh, in magic. Uh, it's very odd. Um, so we're talking about that. Uh, let's see what else we have on the list here. We've got a couple things to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about the, um, the adventures in the forgotten realm adventure that they've been releasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every week, uh, there's like two more installments to go for it. Also, uh, weren't there stats for like the planeswalkers? Yes, that you can yes. Use them as characters. Yes, yes. I've been looking for that. I just I can't. Oh yeah, it, here this character sheet downloads. It was on the most recent. So I wanted to see what classes they gave these planeswalkers. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. We've got. Uh, just a minor note about uh, the a- updated Adventures in the Forgotten Realms tournament rules, uh, which is kind of an interesting uh, mm-hmm. thing, because uh, we're going to talk about the fact that you're going to be able to use electronic devices at any rel, uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, and then also Historic Horizons uh, is on the list. Uh, uh, Pine- talk a little Pioneer, about Pioneer's dead. And uh, also Loki, because we have it. it's been a while. Oh my god. So Scott, what have you been up to? Because oh, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> it, it has since uh, since the last time we recorded. There have been some things that uh, Joe and I have been made aware of uh, about a certain individual. We won't talk about it here. Uh, we we discussed that in our pre-show. Um, there are some changes coming in the community, uh, which, which will be a good thing because uh, a a my favorite podcast will still continue to go. Well, let me just put it that way. I won't. I don't know details uh, as far as anything I am comfortable in sharing. But uh, yeah, uh, the magic Twitter drama just reached a new level, and I somehow got roped into it, uh, which is another issue in and of itself. So it sucks. Um, I had to kind of deal with it as far as 
why someone reached out to me the way they did. Uh, I understand their point of view, but just the, the tactic they used and the language they used is part of what made me upset and has me concerned for the individual. But that's a neither here nor there as far as this podcast. Um, right. yeah, yeah. On on top of that, uh, the email, the MLB All Star break happened. Uh, the Reds unfortunately uh, lost five of their first six games. However, they have now beaten the Cardinals twice. They just wrapped up the victory tonight, winning five to three. So they're on the positive side of the scoreboard. They've now won fifty one games on the season, mm. and uh, at the very least are distancing themselves from the Cardinals. Still. Uh, the Reds still holding second place. Um, there was, I guess, a scare, a possible financial scare uh, for my home. Uh, that has been resolved, so dodged the bullet there. Yeah, this... Uh, <laughs> the time between when we recorded last and now is literally hot garbage, and I don't want to go through it again. Um so, that is pretty much it in a nutshell. However, as I talked to Joe before uh, we re- started recording, I did something last night, and I liked it, and it wasn't my normal stuff. I played Paper Commander. Mm. I played Paper Commander. It was so crazy, because the store I went to, first of all, the store I went to, Game Haven in uh, Fairborn. See it? Is it technically Fairborn at that point? Yeah, it's like right on the Fairborn, Riverside, whatever. Anyway, um, went to Game Haven, right by the Wright Pat Air Force Base. And uh, back in the day, when I was playing Magic, playing standard Magic multiple times a week, Game Haven was a place that we hung out. We would, uh, whatever they were having, standard, legacy, whatever, we'd go and, and play. Um, this is in the either early days of Epic Loot or shortly before Epic Loot opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when Epic Loot opened, people were like, huh, price, price, price support is better than Epic Loot. There's a lot more players and like a lot of people left. And that happened with every store. It happened with Bell Book and Comic. Yeah. Uh, happened, and I'm not even sure they hold magic events anymore. I haven't even, I haven't even looked since the pandemic uh, has reached pandi- has reached vaccination stage to, to look to see if they're doing anything. I, I've totally forgotten about that store. Um, yeah, I, I live near that store, and I haven't done anything with that store. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. That's crazy. So uh, I've tried playing Paper Commander at prior to the pandemic at other stores. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm, I have these five Commander decks that were behind me. My shelving is a mess right now. Because we're going through stuff. I'm like, who has Commander Knight? I drove by Game Haven because I haven't been there since they've redone the store. It looks very welcoming. A lot of space to play now, both in front of the store and in their normal game room. Uh, they put new flooring down. It's easy to walk around. Uh, they got rid of a lot of excess things and shelving uh, that seemed to clunk up the store. So I'm like, oh, they got Commander on Friday. And I'm like, that's the night I normally play Modern. Well, I could play Modern Thursday, which I did at No Limit Gaming. Had to drag myself out there to play Modern because I'm not a fan of the format right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'll I'll give Commander a shot. We'll we'll see how it goes. 
And I loved it. Mm. Here's how it broke down. Pay five buck entry. You're rent, you're renting their space, so it's only fair. Uh, everybody, uh, everybody who's playing Commander gets a standard booster pack. Uh, call time was being handed out. Uh, each pod, uh, there's a raffle for the little F&M promo pack or whatever, which I happen to win. Nice. Look at me. Um, and there were 32 people playing Commander. We had eight pods. Each, quote, round was an hour and a half because it started at 7 and the store closes at 10. So it's like, do two rounds of Commander, hour and a half, and it's casual play. Like, so, not that CDH is discouraged, uh, but because the pods are, the players are put into a, a, a were-type program to determine who sits where, there's no, like, all right, sweet, me and my three dudes are going to get together, we'll be at pod one and play CDH all night. It's not right. like that, like it would be at other stores that are just kind of more casual with how they bring people in. This is very structured. Uh, th- those who know me know that I'm big into, like, structure. It's like, you do this, this happens, you do this, this happens. So I'm like, I get it. Um, so I pay my five bucks, I get essentially paired up into a pod. Um, I kind of, st- I'll probably get some slack on this. I kind of slow roll to see what other people were, playing, were putting out as their commander to determine what commander I was going to play. Um... And I'm like, you know what, YOLO, Brea, Brea my first commander. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll play this in my pod. Here's my here's my foil Brea deck with these foil uh, 7th edition paint lands. Let's go. Uh, which are, <laughs> those prices on this card are stupid. Anyway, um, but yeah, came in second in each of the pods. But no one was complaining over what cards were being played. Matter of fact, some players were like, oh, that card's good. Oh, you're playing Brea. That card he just played would be good in your deck. Um, the second pot I was in had like an ebb and flow where I played Marin because the person to my right was playing the Esper Commander deck from Adventures of Forgotten Realms with just a few upgrades. So like that quick because that, that uh, Commander product was just released recently. So he yeah. was able to update it with some stuff. And I was surprised at seeing some of the cards that were reprinted in that uh, deck. Like, Shriek Mall was one of them. Like, that's perfect. If your commander's out, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, there were moments where there was a lot of interaction going around. And there were moments where it's like, oh, well, I'm playing Marin, and there's a Tormod's Crypt on the board. And I have to get rid of it first before I do anything. It's kind of like, I do stuff, I play a creature or whatever, pass, and everybody else kind of does the same thing. So it was just, it was nice. It was nice going, because some of my other commander experiences, I'd go and play, and no one's playing interaction. And it's like, so it's up to me to react to the whole bleeping board to play actual magic, where everybody's just like, uh, play a land, play a creature, turn them sideways, pass. It's like, it's not, it's not, uh, drives me nuts. Because there's a problem permanent on the board and no one can answer it because they're not playing interaction. Uh, there's nothing to complain about because you're not playing enough interaction to deal with Smothering Tithe or uh, some other problem permanent or a guy's Cradle, whatever it is, right? 
And it's just, it, it kills me how lack of understanding the need for interaction has kind of changed how people play and, and deck build. And not just in Commander, in Magic in general. It's one of my. That's why I complained about the monkey so much because you have to kill it, or you die. Now, granted, not all the time, but it's kind of like the Dreadhorde Arcanist problem, right? Like when, in Legacy, yeah, where if it if they untap with it, there's a chance that they're going to get so far ahead that by the time you do kill it, they're still farther ahead than where you are, and you're probably just going to lose anyway. So, yeah, just. More interaction, maybe, please. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes this week. Um, but yeah, if I have fun with it, it may be Thursday Night Modern, Friday Night Commander, weekend still wide open, and uh, it gives me enough time to go to the gym uh, after work and come home, relax, or rest, or maybe just go straight to the store. Well, no, I can't do that. I'd be super sweaty. That would be gross. <laughs> um, Don't but, be gross. But no. Right, but no, I, I, I get to, if I can put my magic hobby time within that type of structure, that's something I've been looking for for a long time, uh, and start taking care of myself a little bit better and being patient. Uh, I'm, I'm not patient, especially when it comes to working out and trying to lose weight and things like that. So yeah, th- things are kind of going on the right track uh, outside of the social and financial bumpy roads have happened uh but man like it could all change tomorrow folks i mean let's just let's be honest um but yeah i'm i'm hanging in there and trying to take a positive step forward and it's weird because i'm like am i am i a commander player now you're not scott campbell scott Uh, am i am i not scott campbell not scott campbelling again yes (laughs) <laughs> yes, this is exactly what you're doing. You're not Scott Campbelling. Oh my goodness! So. But but yeah, what what's been going on with you, Joe? Have you done any like archery practice or done anything else crazy? What's going on? Uh, we well, we were in we were in Tennessee last weekend. Uh, so that was that was fun. Uh, but yeah, we um we did do some archery practice this morning. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, but yeah, it's been just a week. Uh, so since the last time that we talked, uh, I released the thing, <laughs> the thing did, did come out. How is so, that going? Uh, so far so good. So okay. yeah, I mean, as, as best as I kind of expected, maybe, I don't know. So, uh, I, I'm going to try to not obsess too much about statistics, uh, so much. Mm. And uh, hopefully that makes me feel a little bit better about my life. I don't know. We'll see. So, look. Uh, let, let me let me do this. Okay. You have this adventure called the Golden Fish, an adventure in the Forgotten Realms. This is something that Joe has been working on since February. That's yeah. when the, the 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 idea first hit, right? Yeah. You can get this on the Dungeon Master's Guild. Now, uh, DM's Guild, dmsguild.com. This is a place where you can get uh, either paper, if, if it's in stock, or digital copies of your traditional Dungeons & Dragons books, whether it's the core rules, adventures, whatever. 
but uh, it gives an outlet for creators to create their own adventures or supplemental books or whatever. For instance, there was a book made last year that I missed out on because I'm like, I don't know if I want to buy a third-party book. That's just me. Um, that dealt with uh, the Zinterim and uh, where they fall in regards to worshipping Bane and Sirik and things going on uh, in and around uh, the Moonsea area. Mm. Uh, and areas that uh, D&D has, hasn't touched yet in their core line of books. But someone went through and made this giant source book about it. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And they were able to put it up and sell it for whatever its price is. And you can still buy the PDF version even though the physicals are out. Uh, Joe went ahead and made this adventure uh, based on uh, the goldfish from MTG Goldfish. The the iconic uh, goldfish logo is now an actual treasure. It's a magic yeah. item you, you can get in D&D because of magic's tie-in with uh, Dungeons & Dragons with the Adventures in Forgotten Realms card set. This is kind of what, what sparked the idea altogether. Uh, I, I do uh, continue to thank Joe for bringing me in to help proofread and, and go through this and, and share some ideas. One of which was like, hey, what if like the MTG Goldfish crew was all into artwork for this? Like, right, yeah. Someone would be one character or whatever, and boom, that's on the cover. I'm like, oh shit, like that idea worked and landed. Holy cow. <laughs> so the giant collaborative telephone effort with this is just absolutely amazing. Uh, now, you can go to DM's Guild to search for, and just put the, in the search, the Golden Fish. It will come right up. You can pay what you want, so there's not like a fee per se, or it's not like a, I don't want to say MSRP, but uh, you can pay what you want. You can download it, run it with your friends. Um, there is a beholder that has a certain uh, vocation, <laughs> that is uh, kind of unusual and kind of funny. So if that doesn't entice you to check it out, well, I'm sorry. Uh, but it is for fifth, uh, characters 5th to 7th level. So it's right in that wheelhouse if you're already running an existing campaign to where it's like, oh, cool, I will add this in when characters get to that level. Right. Uh, and it, it, it looks like a lot of fun. We have not played it yet because trying to get everybody that's been involved together to do something like that. The logistics of that over something like Zoom. Uh, it's a yeah, rough. I, I've talked to Tomer about it a few times. Yeah. Uh, it just hasn't really come up. Yeah, it, so. it's it's hard. Like, if we were all in, like, an hour of each other drive-wise, I'm sure it could probably be done. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, something like, something like this over Zoom, it's going to be a little rough because... A, a lot of us don't know each other outside of like, oh, this person sent me a tweet. Like, we all kind of know each other through Joe, in a way, as far as all the people connected. Hey, six, six degrees of separation to Joe Dyer. That could be a thing. <laughs> um, but no, Joe did a fantastic job on this. All the artwork is amazing. And uh, it, it's literally like tying what you all do on goldfish into Dungeons and Dragons, which yeah. is the whole purpose of the D and D set is bringing 
one side over to the other and vice versa. So yeah, go check it out. Tell your friends. It's only 29 pages long, so don't think of this like, oh god, it's like a 300-page book or whatever. Yeah, no, no it's a pretty, pretty, uh, yeah. pretty, uh, you could probably run this in like two nights, it, you know, it, or one yeah. night even if you really pushed it, like, yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely, and, and Joe's working on another one, I can at least tell you that, <laughs> he's working yeah. on another one, uh, we can't say anything yet, but uh, expect another one soon, uh, this, while the D&D set has had conversations about it in regards to people not liking the dice rolling mechanic to people loving the dice rolling mechanic to was this a corset or uh how powerful it is or not powerful it is when it comes to older formats or whatever it has brought about this spark of imagination and discovery and exploration with it that and honestly it honestly has been missing from magic in general for a long time. So uh, people have conversations like, oh, what? maybe the next time they go back, they'll do this character or they'll um, have some of the famous cities be these lands and what would the lands do or right, right. stuff like that. So the conversation is taking place away from like the actual playing of the cards because people are, their, their minds are racing. Like, what else could they do? So the excitement is there from, like, magic to this. Where could they take maybe another intellectual property with their universes beyond? Uh, what could that do? Uh, and, and plus, just having cross-conversations with people on the other side is kind of awesome. Like, yeah. There are people that... Uh, I've seen people that do D&D podcasts bring in people who do magic podcasts and say they, they both talk about like the lore of their individual IPs they focus on and they talk together. Like, right. so what does this mean when we see this in magic? What does this mean in D and D and vice versa? And so that's kind of cool. But yeah, yeah. Again, go to the uh, DMs guild.com search for the golden fish, check it out, uh, leave feedback, wait till the end of the show and you'll be able to know how to contact Joe uh, you know, maybe let him know what your party did that, you know, maybe all of us didn't think the party would do when right. yeah, no this kidding. adventure was written. You know, stuff like that is kind of what those who write modules, like, they, they want that feedback. It's like, what did your party do? Oh, I didn't even think that was a possibility. Neat. Or, right. oh, you all died. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think that would happen. Or whatever, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's the fun part about playing D anD D. It's definitely not the same game every time. There's always something that's going to wind up being different, right? Uh, but yeah, dude, I will, I will try and run with that 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 flag that that pitchfork as much as possible to let people know. Tweet at people, even if they don't read my tweet. It's like, hey, getting the word out there about this. Right. That's what I'm right, right. Do. But anyway, con- continue with what you're talking about with like stuff you've done since we've last reported. Yeah, uh so yeah, I mean mostly it's just been uh getting kind of somewhat ready to kind of move in to start trying to figure out moving into a new house. Uh we're kind of doing that kind of stuff. Other than that, it's just been work, 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 work. 
and uh, just kind of going from there. So, but uh, there's been a little bit in the magic area, though, as of late. Uh, just a couple of things that have come up. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk about the secret GP. <laughs> Just not not a secret layer GP. No secret GP. Yeah, well, that's what they're calling it. But it's so supposedly here coming up in uh, August. It's pretty close, actually. Mm-hmm. It's literally in like a couple weeks. Uh, yes, uh, August seventh to eighth. Apparently in New Jersey at the Meadowlands Convention Center, there is a uh, TCG fest that's being held by computer and gaming universe uh and one of the main events is a 35k adventures in the forgotten realm sealed event <laughs> wow sure. oh my god 35k that's yeah. for a for a new standard set right that a lot of people are not i mean well it may not a lot of people i don't know if a lot of, there is a a measure a number of people that are not happy with this set. Um, I, I don't even think that's the problem. It's the fact that they're... So so really what is yeah. the biggest issue here is the fact that they're going to try and run a 35K event. And it, it's based on like their, their... like So if you look at like how much the event costs... Uh, let me see here. I, I was looking for like... The, the tweet, uh, see if there's any information on price, on uh, entry fee or whatever. Like, here's the tweet they put out. Uh, this was put out, I guess this was put out April 8th initially. Yeah. Uh, but then retweeted on July 20th. So, you guys asked and we're doing it. The biggest card game event of 2021. Bye-bye COVID-19. Mark your calendars. Book your flights. Right? Yeah, it's uh, a CGU for Computer Gaming Universe, uh, TCG Fest 2021, 100K at the New Jersey Meadowlands Convention Center, August 7th and 8th. Being vaccinated is a requirement for entry. Go and get vaccinated. Actually, and- actually, uh, from what I read on their Facebook page, it's no longer a requ- requirement. Oh, they backed off of yeah, that? Yeah, apparently. So they have a 35K sealed event that is $85 entry. Now, here, here, for, for sealed standard. Oh, they finally added prize pooling below, oh below hundred eight hundred players. Apparently, they must have listened to some people, because what initially this page on their website that had the prize pool or whatnot was dependent on the number of players, and the and the minimum number of players it listed was eight hundred. And I'm like, huh. Huh. For, for a sealed standard event. So, so even, yeah, but see, like, even at 800 players, let's say yeah. they get 800 players, okay? 800 players, first place is $6,000. Sure. Second place, 3000 Third, fourth, 1500 Fifth, eighth, 750 Pays down to 16th for 500 Pays down to 32 for 400 Pays down okay. to 64 for 300 That adds up pretty quick. Okay, so you figure this out. The math works out that a the eighty five dollar entry if you have eight hundred players that's at sixty eight thousand dollars. They're probably still losing money. Oh, for sure, absolutely. They're probably still losing money. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it, – because you have to factor in event costs. You have to factor in product costs. Uh, you know, there's a ton to factor in uh, in that regards. And so they're probably either really close to, like, breaking even or losing money at that. I have a feeling that their prize pool needs to be at the 1,600-player level for them to possibly even come close to making something off of but even then it's not it's real close right and like, i don't i don't think there's enough I, I i don't know i can only speak for myself and the people i see uh in my immediate area people like yourself uh and, and our mutual friends that we play magic with i don't think there's a lot of i don't know if interest is the right word but I don't think there's a desire to go back to big events right now. That's the other thing. Yeah. That's, Soon, that, yes. That's the other thing. Is, right yeah, now, yeah. Mm, no. Yeah. And and the other thing is, like, they're they're talking about this, like, a two-day event. Right. And that, But the, 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 here's the other thing. This is not the only other event. This is not the only event that they're planning on running at this. Mm-hmm. They're running a Pokemon 10K and a a Dragon Ball uh, card game 10K, and apparently a Vanguard... Uh, Vanguard 2K. Card, card, like card Fight Vanguard, yeah, 2K. Yeah. Like, they're running a whole bunch of stuff. And, but if you look at this website, you look at how this is all lined out, it, I, it, it's very... There's a lot of red flags, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing, right? When we, we went a year and a half, really, without any giant events. Let's, let's assume this one does open up, go off, whatever. Now that Magic Player has to do something they haven't had to do for a long time. Pay for a hotel room for at l- probably three nights. The night before the event, they get there. The uh, Saturday night, and then sun or Friday night, Saturday, night, whatever dates August seventh and eighth are on, right? Right. Night, night of August seventh, possibly night of August eighth, and go home fresh the next day, unless say red eye out or whatever. But um, and if they play, say they play Magic and Pokemon, well now they got to bring all their cards. Right. Uh, then they have to pay for security unless it's put built in with them renting the convention center hall uh, and all that, like so as far as the TO. But yeah, the Magic player having to pay for hotel, room, board, food, uh, tra- their travel expenses. Then you look at something like this, like, oh, well, I'm paying 85 bucks for the sealed event and I get 16th place. I get a little bit of my money back for yeah. maybe some of my travel expenses. Like, you know, you're going to these events to try and win and, and come back a uh, uh, positive EV. And, you know, thinking about all that, can yeah. a Magic player really do that for something like this? I don't know. It's yeah. it's really... There's, there's, like, not only that, if you look at the main page of this website, clearly graphic design is not there. Oh, oh let, biggest... let's go do that then. Yeah, right. it's CG, uh, cgu.app. Oh, good lord. Yeah. cgu.app? Yeah, cgu.app. Yeah. What, what What? a terrible... 
What am I looking at here? Netscape? Yeah, I know, right? So if you scroll down to like where like it talks, it has like both days and like main events. Like these crap. Oh my god! It's it's so bad. What did they do to Tarmogoyf? It's so bad. So I'm looking at day two where there's a sixty dollar modern tournament, and the graphic they use for Tarmogoyf. It looks like they took the image for Tarmogoyf, put it in MS Paint, and stretched it. (laughs) they, They either stretched it or. They, they did not, uh, I, it's late, I can't remember the proper terminology, but it looks out of proportion to the original yeah, art. Yeah. It, it, it looks so basic and quick. It's like, get someone, like, even so, the Yu-Gi-Oh! one, like looking at the Yu-Gi-Oh! one, those cards in the image look bigger than a Yu-Gi-Oh! card. So, because, yeah, uh, just, so, I, so I, think, I think what this boils down to is, I, I'm pretty sure that, so there's like there's a like a lot of like we'll t- we'll talk about the judges aspect here in a second, but there's a lot of red flags obviously about this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people are like, man, this sounds kind of sketchy. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, I also don't think that this TO is like in it to like scam people. I have well, a feeling yeah. that they're probably pretty inexperienced at running this kind of event. Is uh. my guess. That's my yeah. guess. They're probably they're... pretty inexperienced. They've never ran anything like this before. Right. And it, it it's they're feeling their way through it. They're uh, they're trying to be the first one to get back out there yeah, and yeah. get these tournaments like And no. and if you look at the if you look at the judge app, uh you can find the judge app if you just like search for like Judge Academy CGU or something like that. Uh compensation is cash or product. Uh, but it's $150 for an assumed 10-hour shift is the baseline. Uh, hmm. Now, that doesn't sound too bad. Honestly, if you look at, really think about that, sure. that's $15 an hour. If you're working 10 hours, that's $15 an hour. Right. And even if, and, and if you're working less than that, well, pff, that's not bad at all. Like, right. But then you kind of start looking down at the bottom, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's a number of standby positions that be, might be available, so you should just report with your judge attire and some sleeves, and if you don't, we're not needing you for staff, you could just play in the event for free. Hmm. Well, wait, what? There shouldn't be any standby positions because you're using Judge Academy to fill your positions. Right. You should know how many judges you need or whatnot, and how many apply, and only accept that number that apply. And have maybe have standby positions for the fact that, you know, if somebody drops at the last minute, mm-hmm. you know, if judge says, hey, you know, if something came up and I can't come, you know, that sort of thing. But that's all handled within Judge Academy. Like, they, <laughs> it's so strange. And then there's like, oh, yeah, if there's demand, I could set up a room block at a local hotel that's walkable. Oh, okay, and that, yeah. that's that's why I say this just smells of the fact that they're not very experienced at running this kind of event. I, I don't think there's going to be. Uh, I think there's probably some couple likely scenarios for this mm-hmm. event. Either it goes off without a hitch, which would be amazing, because uh, if this goes off without a hitch and everything's fine and they're safe and everything, that's that's pretty cool. Like it's, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah good. Good. Good job. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I right. Look forward to what you all do in 2022 and and what happens. I, the the, the other the <laughs> other uh, thing that could happen is that not enough people show up, uh-huh. uh, and they lose a ton of money, and they either put uh-huh. themselves out of business, 
or because it's a sealed event, they don't have enough product for the people that do show up. Yeah, because there is concern from some stores that I've uh, heard about that the product just isn't coming in as quickly as they would like. Yeah. Um, because, uh, cause again, we're still in a pandemic, so there are still issues with shipping product from point A to point B. Um, but yeah, man, like they're, they're trying, I, okay. So as someone who used to book, uh, bands in the area, uh, ran 20 shows over the course of about 15 years, I, I didn't do them. Uh, as frequently as I would like, but I did it when I could. When I booked my first show, I had two bands perform. Uh, one was a local band, which uh, that band eventually broke up and some of the members formed a different band that I booked later or whatever. Um, but And then the headlining band, for like a better phrasing, because they, they weren't a nationally touring band yet at the time, was a band from Columbus who was still trying to get on the label and did so shortly after that. So I, I started small. Uh, I'd, I'd been to many shows myself. I got tired of driving the shows and thought, why not just have bands play here? Even if I have to foot the bill, it happens, right? And uh, I, yeah, I, I lost money. A lot of my shows, I either broke even or lost money. Uh, right, there was right. a show that I booked uh, because of, I don't want to say success, like making it, an, I shouldn't talk down about myself, but when, that's a, the thing I do. Due to my success, let me just let it rip, uh, I was able to get in, uh, in, in touch and contact with multiple different booking agents throughout the country. Uh, and a uh, act that I booked... Uh, was a worldwide touring band. Mm. And the opening band I had for my first show had reformed into uh, the band I then booked. People came out to see them and then left to go see the Brendan Fraser hit The Mummy and did not stay for the National Touring Act. Mm. I lost my ass on that show. So it happens. And I, I hope that this company here, I couldn't find a whole lot of information on them online while we were talking. Right, yeah. Uh, hard. But uh, I, I did find some verifying information that they are based out of Newark, New Jersey. So it's like, okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this is legit. I think they're just trying too hard. Because when I look at this, it's like, oh, there's sealed... Uh, a sealed event for this new set. Then there's uh, Commander Circuit, which is an $80 entry fee. This is on both days. They're doing a sealed event on both days, not right. just one, both days. Then their main events on day one is a Pokemon tournament. And uh, what is, is this a Dragon Ball Z one? And then some other other types of card games, including uh, Flesh and Blood. And right. then there's... Then there's a CEDH tournament uh, on, on day one. Then day two is a Legacy and a Modern for Magic. And then a Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And Final Fantasy and more. And I'm like, there are so many 
different types of card games. How can... Uh, and, and you have to have an amazing staff to be able to handle right. all of these different IPs. This is insane to try and take on. If they do it, cool. What, what this reminds me of is when I first started getting interested in wanting to do concerts. I was a, a spry young lad, probably about 18, 19 years old, somewhere around there. Uh, I, I like, got to go big or go home. Uh, I want to have all these bands play together because they're all awesome. And sure, I just got interested in, in, into industrial music, but I want to have them play. Where can I put them? Hair Arena. Now, for those who don't know, Hair Arena, back in its day, used to be known as, like, the event place in the Dayton, Ohio area. Whether you had uh, national touring bands, uh, they even housed minor league hockey uh, at various points. Disney uh, on Ice? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Disney on Ice, uh, the, uh, uh, Circus. Uh, was it Ringling Brothers, Barnum Bailey Circus, or whatever? Yeah. Um, they they had not just bands, but also other big events. They even had some smaller events that were important to the community, uh, such as various telethons and so on and so forth. Uh, I went out there, drove my first car I ever had, which was an eighty Chevy Spectrum. Uh, they had all these bumper stickers on the back, and I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be great. I I. I called up there. Let me put it this way. I called up there, spoke to someone, made an appointment to meet the man himself, Johnny Walker, who, who ran Hair Arena. And he's like, I'll, I'll set up a meeting with you so you can talk to my, uh, my events coordinator. Meet Johnny Walker out of Hair Arena. No one's in the parking lot except me. Uh, go in there, walk around, go to this event coordinator's place, and I get the most, probably the most important talk I had in my life going into this. Like, you, you can't start at this level. You can't start doing stuff at Hair Arena when you've not done anything yet. Right. If you want to get here, you have to build up. You have to get your name and your brand for your events out there, or it's not going to work. Plus, the bands you want to bring in, do they all know each other? Do they like each other? Like, all these things I didn't think about. Cost of security, how much it costs to rent the place, what, what tickets would be. Right. Stuff that, stuff that I held onto my head. I'm like, all right, so I need to rethink this. So I'm like, first I need to either get my own club night where I'm DJing or getting good with that club so I know their expenses, overhead, and cost and can work my entry fee around that. Uh, which I eventually did. I, I did kind of scrap starting big and, and start small and got to the point where like my events were showing up in the local paper because I would get all the press and stuff together months ahead of time, send it out. And then next thing you know, in the, uh, uh, in the go magazine, if you remember that the little insert that came in the Friday paper, yeah, uh, my events would be in there. So I, I was doing stuff locally. It was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of work. Um, so much so that I would have bands play in Dayton that on a Friday that would normally play in Cleveland. So I was kind of taken from them a little bit. Um, that's the story for another time. So yeah, I'm 
I look at this computer and gaming universe event that they're doing in Newark, this CGU TCG Fest 2021, Sunday, 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 um, <laughs> and just how big they're going. And I'm like, I've never heard of them prior to this. I hope they do well, but I have a feeling this will implode. Uh, I also have a feeling that due to the various types of card games that are involved here, someone's going to get their stuff stolen. There's going to be some shady stuff going on. Uh, there might be someone there that is at a dealer table, will swipe something from one dealer, try and sell it to another. That's happening already, folks. Yeah. Because um, the, the prices on some of these cards, like, all you need to do is just Google Logan Paul uh, when it comes down to Pokemon cards. And you could start, un- start at least getting to the point of understanding the boon and col- all sorts of collectibles, not just card games. But all sorts of collectibles. A visible person with a very pop Pokemon is more popular than Magic. Let's just put that out there. Right. Um, but a visible person in the realm of entertainment, uh, enjoying or at least promoting a very popular IP's card game, and prices for those skyrocket because people are like, oh, I didn't know that I could invest in such a thing, and all their ducats go that way. So. Right. Yeah, it's it's gonna. Oh, I'm. I mean, if you go, cool. If you go, if you're listening to this podcast, first, definitely save us on whatever podcast service you're listening to. But stay to the end of the show so you can tell us, hey, I went to this event and these things happened. Let us know. Right, right, right. But, yeah, yeah, oof. for sure. So, yikes. so yeah, fun times. Big, big yikes. <laughs> big. All right. So uh, we also got. Uh, we've been getting these adventures uh, from Adventures from the Forgotten Realms in lieu of doing Magic Story. So they aren't doing Magic Story for this uh, this set. They're doing uh, adventure modules, which I, I think is actually pretty cool. Uh, I think that makes so much sense to do an adventure storyline as opposed to doing uh, an actual like storyline setup. And I think that's fine. I think that's that's really neat for them to do that. Uh, so they've been doing that. But one of these uh, particular uh, things actually has some ties to Magic storyline. Uh, and uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, so the second one that they published, uh, which is uh, The Hidden Page, is a talks about how uh, a wizard named Sylvine came to the Sword Coast, uh, for, to Waterdeep, from another plane of existence called Ravnica. Mm-hmm. And uh, while she was there, she met and fell in love with someone, and she created this demiplane, so she must have been a really powerful... She must have been an old walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she eventually went home uh, and never returned uh to uh the the realms uh so it's it's following from what i can under piece together because i've read through pretty much all of them uh so they all follow the same storyline so you start the front with the first one and it's all going along the same storyline of following this overarching villain that they've created named Tyrius, who is the grandson of this wizard uh and it's neat i'm i'm actually pretty on board with how they're doing this 
So I and a lot of people are like, oh, man, like it, like they're crossing the streams. And I'm like, right? but they already crossed the streams, so it's not like it's a huge deal. Like, you're, it's not going to be a big thing. Trust me. So, yeah, there are some people that are at least magic. I don't know if it's uh, magic wise or D&D wise or both, but there are some people who are like, Ugh, you mean to tell me that like Ravnica is canon in D&D? And I'm like, it kind of it, is. It, are, it, it has been for a while. I mean, Hasbro can kind of just write something and make it happen. You could play however you want. I mean, but I'm. What, that's what I'm, my point, though, is like it kind of has been for a while because they oh, yeah. have the D and D Ravnica book. Yeah. So you can play your D and D game in Ravnica. Yeah. Right. And how many people um, that may be poo pooing this, which they shouldn't, because this is kind of neat to have something different than just a magic story. Like, how many people are like, oh, uh. I'm going to get the PDF file on just this portion of the Ravnica book because I want to use it for my game, but I don't want to use all the Ravnica stuff. Like if they wanted the the Order Domain, which premiered in the Guild's Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica book, uh, you know, they have that for their own home campaign. Right, right. Like, yeah. you know, when we talk about playing casual magic where we just play with the cards we have and we do what we want. We're not following any type of band list or like formats or whatever. D&D is really the the uh the culmination of that. You could here here's how you play the game and go play. Right, right. There's no like granted there are things in forgotten realms that people want to have to make the game feel like it is within the realms. So there is that as far as some type of structure. But yeah, when it comes down to just playing, just play what you want. Like, and I'm, I'm glad they're not doing stuff like adding more onto the core rules to make it like, you know, they kind of did that with Tasha City's Laughter and haven't done much in that way since, at least from what I understand. It's like they're, they're giving options. Yeah, yeah. Like, here's this adventure you can run if you choose to do so. Uh, and you may like these stories and like, oh, that's a neat story, but I'm going to rewrite it with this twist and maybe change a character's name and do something else. But you got inspired by the story. So I, right. It's cool. It's fine. Uh, yeah, oh, I think it's great. And, and there are character sheet downloads for like six planeswalkers. Yeah, that part. Or, or five, five planeswalkers. That's, that part's pretty cool, too. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I was pretty pretty impressed with seeing that. That was kind of neat to see. Yeah, uh, it's like it's interesting to see what they chose as far as uh, classes to give someone like Narset. Right, right, right. And see how they built their character, and they have it just kind of filled out. So, like, if you're not familiar with D and D, you can look at to kind of get an idea of like what uh, a character sheet would look like already filled out. Uh, I do feel that is one of the constant issues with D&D. It's like, okay, I'm going to tell you like all about D&D and, and uh, what I'm going to expect out of this game and what you could choose to do and uh, here's your character sheet and we'll tell you where the stuff goes and they look at this blank character sheet and there's nothing on it. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly think that is the moment when a new player is like, 
just overwhelmed because there's all these things to now fill in. Right. So having a character sheet already filled out with a character you already know, say like Liliana, it's like, oh, what, what's Liliana do? Oh, well, she's a warlock. Oh, what's that? Now you're you're reading it and digging in and understanding and one step at a time. And then eventually you're like, oh, well, I want to make my own now. Now right. I understand uh, why a nine strength gives a minus one penalty on my strength checks or whatever. You can just kind of play on that. So, yeah, I, I could talk about what they did with this all night, to be honest. Yeah, I think uh, it's fine. It, yeah, it's it's just so cool they were able to break the planeswalkers down like that. Yeah, and the adventure itself is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like the the actual, you know, reading through it, like it's it's pretty sweet. Like they did a really good job with it. So I'm yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy with what they've got put into place. So a very um, nice touch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was probably the coolest thing that they could have done. With mm-hmm. it, with this set, that's for sure. Like, there's a great, it's a great tie-in to how D and D would be portrayed. Like, that's just it. Like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, cool, this is very D and D. You know, we, we went for this, this realm of, you know, this is sweet because D and D. You know, you generally do have these grand adventures and stuff like that. And yeah, they could have had like a book for the Forgotten Realms. But they didn't because it just made more sense to have an adventure for the players to go on. Right. So, and that's that's pretty cool. So, I also did read somewhere, uh, I was reading, uh, oh, it's because I follow him on uh, Twitter, but uh, we are getting another um, Legend of Dritzt series uh, book huh. soon uh, that um, I saw uh, Salvatore talking about on Twitter. Uh, nice. And it had a lot to do with um, about kind of what we talked about but what you kind of what you mentioned before about the the stuff that they introduced with tasha's cauldron and everything and stuff like that Mm -hmm. where they were talking more about races and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that are traditionally predominant were traditionally presented as evil races and that sort of thing and uh one of the things that uh salvatore kind of like talked about in the interview that he had put out there was that he's not they're not getting rid of that within like the Dritz books, but they are expanding the concept of the drow uh, a lot. So they are going to be introducing another um, branch of the drow mm-hmm. or whatnot that ha- are drow that have managed to shake off and escape from the Underdark and escape from Lolf's uh, 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 poison. Basically, they kind of describe her as a poison, which right. is kind of what they which start- makes. Makes sense her yeah. being the queen of spiders. Yeah, right. right. So they they kind of started alluding to that within the last the last trilogy of mm-hmm. the books. Uh, so uh, the last book, I think, Relentless, I think was the name of the book. They kind of started alluding to that concept that uh, plenty of the drow, e- even the ones in Menza Branzen, now in Dritz's home, are starting to wake up to the fact that they've been living their life in. In, uh, basically caught in a web and and it poisoned mm-hmm. and so there are there's they're granting this race a lot more character growth than just oh my god black skin evil you know that sort of thing which is yeah. which it, when you think about it in the in the terms of the times that they mm-hmm. created these characters 
sure it was probably fine for the times, but obviously it's kind of problematic now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, by doing this, they're, they're not retconning anything. They're just kind of like expanding upon the universe a little bit. Right. And, and with that, and I think wizards kind of learned that with, uh, fourth edition. Yeah. When it, while it wasn't really a retcon, it jumped ahead so far that it kind of threw people off guard that like, all right, we've jumped 80 to a hundred years and everything I know as far as how to play D and D and what D and D is, is so vastly different than what it was that a lot of people couldn't, couldn't grok it. And, right. uh, now there are people that liked it. Uh, I hear about it all the time and it's totally fine. But, uh, and, and I really wish they would take the MMO Neverwinter uh, that's out there and stop using 4th edition rules, but that's a whole other story. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wish it would be 5e for character creation, because then I would probably be playing, but um, but no, it's just, it was so much of a drastic change that I think they learned a lot from that, and when they brought 5e, it's like, alright, let's get people in the door, and now they're at this, that point where it's like, what can we expand on? Oh, well, here's Dritz, and we can expand more on the drought. Instead of uh, rewriting the past, start expanding on what people already know and go forward. Right. And it's creating new stories and, and uh, new adventures, new memories. Yeah, um, I, I, I think I, I'm a big fan of, of Bob's writing style, and mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, and even he said, you know, I'm not going to go back and change anything I've written. Right. Like, I, I, I can't do that. He goes, but, he goes, I'm going to let that stand as a testament to, as time went on, that I grew as an author and I grew as a person. And I think that that's really smart. And, you know, he took Dritt's story and turned it more, uh, more from a, you know, this is a character who's, you know, suffered you know, basically functionally systemic racism mm-hmm. and has managed to rise above it a little bit. Uh, and, uh, but also like turning that into him being kind of this inspiring character that also sort of inspires others of his race to do the same. Uh, See, that's why I'm kind of wondering, like, because his whole story and I, Grant, I've not read the novel, so let me just preface that. But from what I understand about how he has been written in novels is he has been the one to uh, shun loath. Yeah, yeah. Just go on his own, uh, go away from the trappings of, of drow society. Well, it's not, um, it's not, and it's not just that. And it's not just uh, shunning her. It's also yeah. uh, accepting another, uh, which was uh, Miliki. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, uh, worshiping a human god right, on top of all that. Right, yeah. right. So, um, so yeah, I I think it's a cool. Um, there was a really he tw- retweeted some article that uh, was written about it, and I think uh, it made a lot of sense. Right, but he was also always kind of looked upon as a loner, right? Uh, no, like that's the thing. Maybe at first. Maybe yeah, okay, but maybe. Th- there were there were no others in his society that took such drastic steps like him. Sure, there were worshippers of uh, Elstree or whatever the 
which is, I guess, an aspect of saloon or saloon, yeah, however yeah, you say yeah. it. Elastra, yeah. Um, right. There's also, like, um, people that were worshippers of, like, Veyrun, uh, who was the drow god of thievery. It was not exactly good, but not exactly bad. Just kind of, like, mm-hmm. neutral, I want to steal stuff kind of people. So Right, neutral and... and- Kind of had those leanings towards evil because yeah. he wanted to supplant uh, Loth, I think. Not not quite, um, not quite Loth. Yeah, so yeah, right, so yeah, yeah. Not, not not quite there. So, so it'll be interesting to see how how Dritz looks at what has happened when he encounters this new, I guess, faction. Yeah, of and I Drow society. I also believe that uh, if I recall correctly, the end of the last book so now i have to look here because now i'm I'm gonna forget about it um so i believe that by the end of the last book that we had um there's also the concept of the fact that uh dritzt and cadabry's daughter was born uh, so that also is going to probably play into it as well, because she's obviously half-drow. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, so, got kind of curious uh, how that's going to go. Uh, Brianel Zaharina uh, is uh, their daughter's name. Uh, so named for both of her grandfathers, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, Brunar and Zachnafian. So, uh, kind of kind of cool kind of cool so um but yeah so they're gonna be doing that so that's gonna be kind of fun uh i think it'll be interesting to see how um things go with uh with all that because uh i'm i'm excited because i just want more content uh Mm -hmm. but i i'm also really excited to see how they progress this uh this uh new you know faction of drow and how they you know make the the race uh a little bit more interesting in the future and i'm kind of looking forward to that so yeah absolutely uh i think uh the dungeon and dragons brand is about to hit another boon yeah uh, because they're gonna do some more stuff with dredge that they've already done in the magic set uh and then uh there's gonna be dragon lance content coming um, I'm sure they're, they're going to do more with Eberron. So please do more with Eberron. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of <laughs> there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. So any fans of D and D should kind of buckle in it, and hold on. Because that's the other thing. Like like one of the things I really dug, I really dug about uh, Eberron uh, mm-hmm. was actually how Eberron treated the Drow uh, in that. So the Drow in Eberron were once uh the race uh they were part of uh, part of an offshoot of the race of elves that served under the giants on uh zondrick when uh the giants ruled zondrick and after the giants lost zondrick and zondrick became shattered uh they became a tribalistic society Mm -hmm. uh and they worship scorpions uh and so they you quite often see them you know in battle wearing scorpion like chitin like as armor and stuff like that and they they uh they have a deity that they worship called Volcor and they're not really evil they're like 
just tribalistic. Like they're not mm-hmm. they're not they're not excessively evil. Like they're just like territorial about their home, basically, is what it boils down to. But you can totally play one as an adventurer and you know still be just fine. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, it's definitely an interesting uh, thing to see. So. Yeah, it's pretty wild that... Uh, please, please do more of that, Ron. <laughs> uh, you have Drow in Forgotten Realms, and then you go to Eberron, and the Drow there worship a German rock band. So. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, anyways, uh, moving on, because yeah. uh, uh, we got a little bit more to talk about. So, nothing, mm-hmm. not much to touch on in regards to this, other than the fact that it's just interesting to note. Uh, we got the Magic Tournament Rules update for uh, Adventures of Forgotten Realms. Uh, they did mention that uh, event you will be able to use electronic devices, which includes smartphones, uh, at any REL level. So that includes competitive REL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's only worth noting because previously you weren't able to do that in a match. But now that we have things like dice rolling and dungeons and, and the companion app and the companion app, you kind of have to. So right. they have it built into the companion app that you can use dice rolling now in the companion app. And so if you don't have dice to roll, you can use the, the companion app. And basically the way that the rulings are rolled is basically you just have to basically have your phone out and open so that people can see that you're not using it for, uh, you know, outside assistance means that sort of thing. Right. Cause that's why the rule was there. It was there so that you couldn't use your phone during the match and be like, I am, Checking a text from my wife or something like that, you know, no, 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 you, you can't do that. Like it, you could be referring to something that required, gave you outside assistance. So, yeah, he, here's the thing that I love about this. Um, uh, dungeons are unusual. They are technically, this is from the article. Yeah. Uh, they're technically cards, but not cards in a way that people traditionally interact with them. It's more like a supplemental game board. You don't need to have a copy of the card when you venture into it. You can use anything you want. Oh, really? From pulling it up in Gatherer or drawing it out on paper, all the way up to 3D printed renditions that you traverse <laughs> with your favorite D&D miniature. I want to do that. So, I so do here, that. here's the thing. And it also mentions, please keep in mind the available space uh, uh, The available space in your other players. Sure, your full skip. They missed a word here. You and, and your other players, your full-scale rendition of with team of actors playing parts looks amazing, but might not be practical in the aisle of your local game store. So, let's flash back to Ravnica through uh, Time Spiral Standard. I am at Bell Book and Comic. I am playing Dredge, because that's who I am. There are no zombie tokens that I'm aware of in booster packs. Yeah. <laughs> So what I use? D&D zombie minis. D&D zombie miniatures. Well, now you uh, can use them for your adventuring party. Right. So, like, my table was constantly a mess. Uh, there was a player there who, uh, she was not happy when playing against me with that deck because uh, my representation of the board state was always a GD mess. Uh, I don't blame her. Uh, but to me, it was fun because I'm like, well, they don't have anything. Next thing right. you know, in, in 10th edition, uh, they started putting tokens in the packs. Yeah. And the rest, as they say, is history. So I just, I look at this and I'm like, oh, we're about 15, 20 years or so too late. Right. Good job, guys. Right. Um, but 
I do like the fact that it says you can use anything you want. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to roll in a, an overhead projector. <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, definitely um, I want to I want I want to put up a whiteboard behind me and, and with a pointer like, all right, that's where I'm at in the dungeon. Um, right. Just just something ludicrous or stupid. Just a just a meme. Also, also it's worth noting that uh, it's officially noted that uh, spin down life trackers are not prohibited as dice. Which, which is obvious. Uh, but really, the biggest thing was um, using your electronic devices. Uh, and on, and you can even use your electronic device to look up Oracle text. You don't have to actually call a judge for Oracle text on a card, which I think is just nice in being with the times. Uh, it, it's so it easy like... to find... It's so easy to find Oracle text now mm-hmm. that there's no reason... To, to waste a judge's time to ask for oracle text when right. you could just look it up. Yep. So, uh, yeah, because then at that point, if you both agree to use gather to look up oracle text for a card and you still disagree about what's happening on the board state, then you call a judge yeah. and come yeah. over and explain it because at that point you're already at least a step, if not more ahead of where we used to be. Right. Prior to this change, right. so yeah. I I dig it. Uh, <laughs> my issues with this are twofold. One, uh, the fact that you may lose battery power on your phone faster than you thought you would at a big event when those come up. Uh, and two, uh, space. Yeah, there's so much you have going on, on the board. Where you're going to put your phone in case you need it, or if you need to have it out. We're already using the companion app. Uh, so there's that, but I don't think, I don't don't think it'll be a huge issue. Uh, I I don't, not, not, I don't think it'll be one. And there might be some hiccups initially, but yeah, this is, this is a good change. Yeah. And, and they also do mention that they're still prohibiting use of them during drafts and limited deck building. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's mainly because the idea of publicly visible doesn't apply as cleanly to those situations. And honestly, there's no reason for you to be on your phone during those times anyways. So, yeah, I don't, I wish people would just understand that drafts and sealed events are really should be treated as casual formats. Uh, you're exploring cards for the first time. Um, you haven't put them in a, a, a normal constructed deck yet. You're looking to see what combinations you can do with cards, how they were designed and printed. Yeah, put put the phone away. Yeah, yeah, you don't need your phone. All right, so <laughs> historic horizons. This oh, is this is a oh real God. this is a real treat. So apparently there was accidentally a uh, article that accidentally went live yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, accidentally, I say because the the date on the article was July twenty sixth. So we'll probably know about this in a couple days. Uh, uh, yeah. On yeah. July 26th, when it actually happened, so Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, talking about a new set that's going to come out on August 12th on Arena, exclusively on Arena, mm-hmm. uh, with hundreds of cards from Modern Horizons, Modern Horizons 2, and more, including 31 new to Magic cards you'll only find in this digital release known as Jumpstart Historic Horizons. Oh my god. Pioneer's so, dead. Pi- well, yeah, that Pioneer's been dead. It's still dead. We're jumping right to modern almost. 
Because, uh, yeah. Like, like I have a feeling that we're going to get modern uh, at this point on Arena before we get Pioneer ever. Jesus. Um, and not only that, there's going to be new cards. Not yeah, just, the, the, not the 31 just, new to Magic. Not just cards. new cards, new cards that right. will not be in paper. Yeah, like, for the fact they're calling it Jumpstart when they had a paper set named Jumpstart, is this going to be an issue? No, that that's um, part's not a, not an issue. They said they were going to use that name a couple different times, so... Uh, I, okay, yeah. I, I must have missed yeah. that, but, but still. Yeah, so, like, okay, so, so, know. so, 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 what's your, num- yeah. what's your number one card from... Modern Horizons or Modern Horizons 2 that you would like to have in Historic that won't get banned. <laughs> All right, hold on. Mm. Hold on. We're going to the list. Oh, yeah. All right, now, the first card I'm going to mention is a card that's already been put into a arena uh, arena product via Strixhaven. Okay. Counterspell. Okay. I mean, like I mean that, so that's that, but that's that, but that, but that's, but that's banned. Uh, it is it is banned in historic. I. It was it it actually never got a chance to be in historic. Yeah, but so I, I, but I, I mean, but I mean, it was pre-banned. It's technically on the ban list. Sure. Yes. So I, I have a feeling that they'll release it from the ban list if it's in here. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Um, because I mean, they they got rid of brainstorm finally. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, well, no. I, I'm sorry. They suspended brainstorm, not banned or restricted. That's true. We because do. they they don't want to give you wild cards to spend on Adventures of Forgotten Realms product. They want you to spend real money on that stuff. So I suspect around August 12th or so, brainstorm will then be officially. Well, no, probably not. Because then they want you to spend money on this. So no, no. They'll probably it, they'll probably ban it. It'll, we'll probably get wild cards it, for it eventually. Right, eventually. It, yeah. it won't be in the... It'll be at a time where there's no new set out at the moment, like a, whatever the recent set has been out for like a month or two. Right. And then there's not another set for maybe another month. So it'll give you the wild cards at a point where they're not expecting okay. you. They're at a lull. Okay, but, so, let, um, so let's go, as, let's go by, far, let's go by, let's go by set. So okay. just from Modern Horizons. From mo- from just Modern Horizons. First, yeah, first set, mo- Modern Horizons. All right, so my initial thought is Renin Six. <laughs> that and, would be that with, would, it would be interesting. Yes, with with Ghost Quarter and Historic, that might cause an issue because uh, the those who play on Arena that don't play competitively probably won't like Ponza too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, or any type of land destruction deck. So it's like, put that aside. The next thought is, of course, Force Negation. <laughs> Scott, uh, you keep mentioning all these cards that could likely end up getting banned. Look, <laughs> uh, these, these are cards that I've liked from the first Modern Horizon set that go into all right, deck all right, art so types here's, I really here's, like. a, here's, but, a, here's a realistic... Here's my real pick. For the real pick for Modern, for Modern Horizons in this... Jumpstart Historic Horizon set, Soul Herder. That's a good one. Okay, I'd be I'm okay with that one. Yeah, that, that's a very good one. Um, collector Oof. 
Wow. I think that would be fantastic. Okay. Yes. Let's go. Null Rod Bear is fine. Right. They're... Yeah, I, I would be totally okay with Null Rod Bear. Like, that is totally a fine card to have in a format. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a good card, but it's not overpowering. It's mostly a sideboard card. Right, uh, it could be answered with shock. Yes, yeah, there's plenty of ways to answer it. Yeah, it's just, it's a good card. I, I, I would be totally okay with that. Uh, as far as, like maybe like second on my list like i'd probably would not uh, be too upset at seeing sling gang lieutenant uh yeah, the, go- yeah. goblins could use more love yeah sure. so that would be fine oh, or um if you wanted to really push goblins a little bit more uh they could also reprint munitions expert Ooh. uh so that would also be a good one munitions oh, expert okay. and sling gang lieutenant would also be pretty good uh yeah. so uh, obviously, we can't talk about ones like Hogak. Like, with that, no. <laughs> no! Big no. Uh, Alter of Dementia, let's go. <laughs> Ice Fankawaddle? No, um, I don't know. There uh, there were all the Snowlands from Kaldheim, yeah, so. so um, yeah, maybe that might be okay. I don't know. Oh my god, Joe. Uh, could they really? Could they really do it? What? Uh-huh. Could they find a way to put our name <laughs> no. in his store? No, please, no. 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 What about the um, the uh, Horizon Lands, the Canopy Lands? Yeah, like, let's do that. Yeah, uh, Those would be awesome. Also, it kind of looked like, based on that article, that the Cycling Lands are in mm-hmm. it. So, uh, are in because there's no basic lands in the packs. You just automatically get a number of basic lands based on the packs you choose for, for Jumpstart. Right. Uh, but you also get non-basic lands, like Secluded Step is listed. So I'm going to guess the Cycling Lands are in. Uh, so is that that's probably okay. Those are safe. Yeah. Uh, so that's fine. Uh, yeah, like, that would be kind of interesting. Uh, so, okay, so Modern Horizons 1, Modern Horizons 2. That just came out. <laughs> what from this set is... Why? What from this Why? set is something you would like to see? I'd like to see them ban the damn monkey. Well, no, okay, um, so we're not printing Ragavan into this set. <laughs> dear, are you sure? Dear God, why? Are you sure? Please, please, no. Please. It, it, it's, Joe, it's going to happen. Uh, it's, a, it's a chase dear mythic. Dear God, no, please, no. It's a chase let's, mythic. Let's not, it's going to happen. Let's not put that in All right. All right, so um, outside of the aforementioned counterspell, I mean, we could put Urza Saga in here no! as it would pair with Ren and Six. No. Right? Uh, plus Ren, get back Urza Saga, play Urza no. Saga. Jesus no. Um, if we can build a good artifact-based deck, not as good as like Paper Affinity, of course, but decent enough, uh, a Thought Monitor would be pretty dope. Yeah, okay, I thought about that. Thought Monitor would be pretty good. Um, um, my my what, my what number else? one has to be Grist the Hunger Tide. Okay. Yeah, I think that card would be super sweet to build around a historic. Like, like here, here's my thing with this. Like, because Collected when, Company exists. Oh yeah, absolutely. When when I look at new cards, right? When we do, when we look at new cards and and just randomly start mentioning off names without going through actually what the card does, like every other podcast, because we're different and that's who we are. Um, 
when when we go when we look at stuff, I'm like, wow, wow, I'd like to play with all these cards. I can't afford them all on paper, <laughs> but I could sit here on my butt and like craft like some wild cards or whatever. And like, oh, let's play with the. Uh, I got an idea for Soul Hoarder or right, whatever. Right, right, right. You know, I I could try the cards out here, play them here. Like for instance, I've played with Crater Hoof Behemoth, which was in the first Jumpstart, more on Arena than I ever have in paper. Right. So. As much as I hate running into all the bots on Arena when doing my dailies, uh, there is that. And, and that's something that you can't really duplicate anywhere else. Right. Uh, uh, so. so actually it's weird because I could name more cards from Modern Horizons 2 that I would probably be okay with seeing than from Modern Horizons. Uh, like, for example, uh, Academy mm-hmm. Manufacturer. Uh, that card would be really sweet in historic so academy Um, manufacturer is the if you would create a clue food or treasure token you create one of each instead oh yeah yeah that card would be pretty sweet the card i would also like to see with the go with that uh lonus uh cryptozoologist okay yeah so the uh the the legendary snake that whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control you investigate because mm-hmm. curving lo- like turn two Lonus into like turn three Academy Manufacturer is a pretty cool sequence of events, and I think that would be really neat. Um, Sithis could also be pretty cool. Uh, the Enchantress Legend uh, could be pretty sweet. Wait a minute. Uh, what if we get actual Enchantress? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Territorial Cavu is another one that could also be a lot of fun. Could they put Cabal Coppers in here? No, no. I, I, I'm thinking new cards. I'm, I'm thinking new cards. Like uh, new cards instead of reprints. Yeah, yeah. Okay. New, I'm thinking new cards instead of reprints. Um, That's fair. Obviously, we couldn't put the combination of Asmore and Cookbook into the format. But Joe? could we just put Cookbook without Asmore? Uh, no, that that won't happen. I mean, just the thought, like you know, that might yeah. might might be interesting. Scion of Draco, is that mm-hmm. too powerful? The man well, is actually the man is really good if you play triumphs and shocks. Are, are the uh, are the elemental incarnations too powerful? Oh, because God. Uh, oh uh, God, uh, uh, ephemerate is a legal card in historic. Oh, I don't think that would be a good idea, but I have a feeling they're gonna do it. They are Chase Mythics. I have a feeling that those are ones that will actually make it into the set and not anything else. Like And Joe, they're creatures, so they're easier to answer because they can just be bloated up. Yeah, I, I, I right? don't like the idea. Now, like, okay, I, no, I mean, maybe it's fine because, okay, so wait, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay, so... Risen Reef is like one historic. Yes, let's go. See, there you go. <laughs> yes. Oh, See? wait, 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 wait. Okay, so that gives me another card from Modern Horizons. You're you're on board. It gives me another okay. card from Modern Horizons. Unsettled Mariner. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Let's make let's make elementals a thing. Like um, Esper Sentinel. Oh God, Esper Sentinel would be great. That card would be right? awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh. why I said I can name more from from Modern Horizons than I can because. Uh, Modern Horizons 2 that I came from Modern Horizons 1 because like, there's so many cool cards in Modern Horizons 2. Um, yeah, Unholy yeah. Heat. Unholy Heat would be great. Dress Down would be cool. Uh, so, 
that would be really neat to see. Uh, I've already seen, it looks like in that uh, particular uh, thing, hard evidence is apparently in one of the in one of the decks. So that's cool. Uh, that, that card is really neat. Oh, um, wait, I got it. Uh, I got, I, I found the card that, that can totally go into, or the cards. Rise and Shine. From Modern Horizons 2 that can go into Historic. Huh. Fetchlands. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what, what about Murktide region? No. I mean, big no. Let, let, let's just make the, uh, uh, the the is it decks just even stronger? Yeah, big, that, big no, that big no. But uh, apparently, based on that like that link or whatever, if you look at the article, uh, mm-hmm. both um, uh, so rise and shine is actually in uh, there, which is the overload uh, cre- non creature artifacts become zero zero artifact creatures. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. so that's kind of cool. Uh, Floodhound is apparently also in as well. Uh, so that's kind of neat. What about the uh, the suspend cards? Uh, like glimpse of tomorrow and like those ca- those cards, inevitable betrayal, Man, re- resurgent belief. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe those seem very. There's no cascade in the format, so well, you just put Charlotte's agent in there. Oh, but there's Tibble's trickery. Cry. Um, <laughs> so, okay, okay, so yeah, I'm okay with this. Give me stuff to, to Tibble's Trickery into. Right. So, speaking um, of that deck, I've been playing that deck more. Nice. So, and uh, that deck is uh, Archon of Cruelty. What about the reanimation stuff? Yeah, I was thinking about that, like um, Unmarked Grave and uh, mm-hmm. Persist. Yeah, I like. there's a lot they can do. I mean, in my opinion, like, just, just put the whole damn set I, on I mean, there. I mean, they have... Unburial rights in the format already, right? So having a having a enabler for unburial rights seems okay. Um, ooh, you know what? I would not be surprised. Let me put this: mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if one of the packs that you can get as a jumpstart pack is squirrels. Oh, for yeah. hands down. Ch- that has so to be Chatterfang, Chitterspitter. Squirrel Sovereign, like those are probably all cards that are probably going to make it in. Squirrel Sanctuary, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Tireless Provisioner would be kind of nice. Uh, that card's pretty good. Um, yeah. So now, with this set, wait, 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 I, wait! I got it! I got it! Garth One Eye. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh, that because that would be perfect. You put him in a historic. And then you can use them for historic brawl, and then yep. you got a five color commander that isn't Golos. Oh, thankfully, yes. <laughs> right. That but does this, the kind this of something. Give fun. you a black lotus, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, um, somebody mentioned uh, Gaedrone, uh too, mm-hmm. the planeswalker. Uh, I would also probably be okay with General Ferris Rokirik, but that also kind of makes like a Niv Delight kind of deck kind of okay. Yeah, but there's no Bring Delight, so. Not yet. There's Tibble's trickery, though. <laughs> now, if we're going to have a Squirrels pack, there's going to be a Pirate pack. Yeah. And and Ragavan's going to be... Oh, God, please and, don't. And, uh, I, hey, I'm just saying, there's going to be a Pirate pack, there's going to be a Spells Matter uh, deck with... Um, was it Dragon Master Outcast? Is that what that is? No, that's not it. Uh, Dragon Rage Channel. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah. 
uh, there'll be an elementals pack, uh, and there'll be variants of that. So, like one will have fairy, one will have endurance, or whatever. It it's it's going to have greed. Let, greed would be a sweet card to yeah, add. So what, yeah, it's, yeah. But you let, know, let us a, not add cards card. like Urza. Oh, uh, oh, Urza Lord. Big, I, big, big no. Ban, band card, big, please. Big no, big no. Yeah? Super big no. Uh-huh. No, with, I don't think with, it would be with good. The, with the Goblins deck, you can add Ignoble Hierarch. Yeah. Yawgmoth would probably be okay, though. Oh my god, Cauldra, Cauldra Complete. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, let's, that big, yeah, big no on Cauldra Complete. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, Iula, Queen Among Bears. Yeah. There you go. No Force, no Force Cycle, no Force of Vigor. Nevenral's disc, mm. chef's kiss. Yeah, um, spore frog. If that's not already in there, that would be sweet. Oh, yeah, okay. that would be sweet. Uh, Query and ranger. Yeah, yeah. See, what about Kess, dissident mage? Mm, okay, maybe. Yeah, so that, that would also uh, entice brawl players. Yeah. Like, if anything, again, this is going to be kind of weird to say because it is what it is. Uh, whatever they do, if they do it right, this could reinvigorate the Brawl format. I think and, Historic Brawl has been doing okay. Right. Uh, I mean, it could, it could spark a whole lot of new life into it. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, yeah. I think this is it, it's mildly interesting. Uh, I'm not as much of a fan of the cards that are digital only, uh, but yeah. honestly, there are cards that don't exist in digital that I, that exist in paper. So and, and it's true. And, and for those people out there who are like, "Well, these cards that are arena only uh, can't work in paper," and I'm like, "Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could, just, they could totally print them in the commander set." Uh, I, if we still had the, I suspect. Learn how, I suspect that means that they're going to be doing things that involve randomness. Yeah. That may not actually function in paper. Oh, as far as the new, uh, thir- I'm talking about cards we already have. That oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Those, those totally. Like, if I were to go to a store and they still had like the free learn how to play packs of magic like i would expect those types of cards like i i have heard people talk about like commander players talk about how they would like inspiring commander to be in paper just because that so they could play it because it seems like a actually reasonably card but i'm suspecting these new cards they're talking about these 31 new cards or whatnot i'm suspecting that, that they are probably something that does not actually work in paper so, okay. uh, I suspect that it's the, the mechanics themselves of these cards would not actually function in a paper Wait. game. What if there are 31 new companions? Ah! No! <laughs> the monkey's paw curls. <laughs> what if there are just 31 copies of Ragavan? <laughs> it, it, it's all with it, different it, abilities. It, it, <laughs> all cost that. one red. <laughs> Remember that card from what was it, Corset Twenty Twenty, that had the dog and the cat on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Siri. It, it, yeah, instead of that, it's uh, Ragavan and Loris. Yeah, on right, one right, card. right, right. You just Ragavan and different companions. Oh god, please don't. Right. Uh, it's, it's Mardu colors. No, no, it's still co- no, it still costs one red. Still just costs one red. Oh uh, yeah, that that's the joke. It, ha- it all has to cost one red. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. No, we're not. We're definitely not getting Ragavan. Oh God, we're probably getting Ragavan. Never mind. Uh, yeah. 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 I I can't escape it, Joe. No. I, no. I can't not in any the, format. The bleeping monkey. Nope. It's it's right? prevalent in Legacy too. So. Yeah. Well, that that's fine. I expect it to have a place in Legacy. I am okay with it in that format. I, that that's why I expect. It's like oh, sweet Legacy card. I can see Delver playing that as like, well, I don't oh, have oh, Delver oh. this turn. Oh no 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 I no! Scott Scott, the best deck in the format is not Delver anymore. Well, I, I know the the best deck in the format is that pile of Modern Horizons two cards plus the Days Force Brainstorm Shell. Bar because it's Ragavan, Murktide Regent, Urza Saga, Standstill. And yeah, it's just it's what why stand still then? Because you can deploy a Ragavan and then go stand still and then you're just like ha, 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 game. And then you play your Urza Saga under your standstill, and your Urza Saga goes and fetches you retrofitter foundry. And then you just repeatedly continue to make big constructs and kill them. So until your opponent Decides to crack the standstill lock. So. Alright, so we're changing our name to the Ragavan Podcast. <laughs> we got Ragavan Band. So, so, you know what the cool thing is? It, it, actually, there is one cool, sort of cool development in the format. In uh, the Bant, uh, the mid range control decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, dress Down. Uh, yeah. So, Dress Down. Yeah. So, that's the one that uh, creatures lose all abilities. Okay. So. At, at its floor, at its floor, the card is two mana draw card. Right. Okay. At its ceiling, it's two mana, kill all your fucking constructs, mm-hmm. make your Dragon's Rage channel or a 1-1. Like, it's it's such a blowout. Uh, and in certain decks, like, there are some decks that are, like, the there's this amalgamation pile of show and tell and stifle knot. Where you could play Dress Down and then cast uh, Phyrexian Dreadnought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it stays in play. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just a really interesting card. But, yeah, some of the Bant control players are now playing, like, two mm-hmm. in the main. And it's, like, at worst it cycles it, and or it pitches to force. And at best you're killing your opponent's constructs with it. Because that's really the biggest thing is, like, oh, my opponent has Urza Saga constructs. Yeah, no. Because they all become, because they become, they lose the inherent ability of getting right. the plus one, plus one for each artifact they control. They become zero zeros. Zero. And just, zero. It just die. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. Yeah. I, so. I've seen people playing it in modern with uh, Kroxa. Yeah. To, uh, put, they'll, they'll have the trigger on the stack and then uh, flash that in. So they get a Kroxa, they get a six, six. It doesn't work like that. Uh. It doesn't. No, no. You have to. You have to put it into play and then cast Kroxa. If the trigger's already oh. on the stack, you can't. Oh you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. But anyway. But yeah. So yeah. It's been. Legacy's been fine lately. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Legacy this past week. Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, the Jund Madness deck. On there. Nice. Uh, that deck is uh, honestly probably one of the most absurd things I've ever played in my life. <laughs> is that madness deck one step beyond? What? I didn't get that. It, 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 it's a joke. 
Yeah, there's an English. Oh, I didn't get that. Madness. I didn't get that one. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it's it's fine. No, did, didn't it's get a, that one. A, uh, no, so uh, the deck just has a lot of uh, really nutty, nutty games. Like sometimes you just have some of the most absurd openers uh, that you could possibly have in a game. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got you know screenshot after screenshot of like, hey, like I, I turn one. Cast Lion's Eye Diamond, put into play two Vengevines, a Basking Rootwalla, and an Anjay's Ravager. Lols. <laughs> like, eight you. Oh, next turn, kill you. <laughs> like, right. like, and it's just like, the, ma- the, the, the aggressive clock of the deck is so cool. Uh, for those that aren't aware of what this deck does, this is, an, this is a Lion's Eye Diamond deck that actually treats Lion's Eye Diamond as a card that pays mana for spells. Which is, like, one of the weirdest things to ever think about. Because when you typically think of LED, you think of LED as a combo card. You know, LED is used in Storm, it's used in Dredge, because it's used in Dredge to be a combo card. You're using it with Faithless Looting to, you know, crack through your deck, you know, with the Dredge mechanic. In this, you're using it to discard your hand so you can cast Anjay's Ravager. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I keep. That's that was what a commander night uh, precon yeah, card. Yeah, it's, it's commander twenty twenty. Yeah, it's yeah. got the madness ability. Yeah, which I, I totally forgot about. Yeah, it was in the uh, the on the Anjay Falconrath madness mm-hmm. deck, and yeah, it has madness one in red. Uh, so you can not only cast it off of your lion's eye diamond, but you cast it for two off of your lion's eye diamond. And you have an extra mana to pay for days. So that's kind of cool. Uh, so if your opponent tries to daze you, you're like, ha no. Uh, but uh, the cool thing about the card is, so it's like, normally it's like two and a red. Uh, it's a 3-3. Three, three. It has to attack every turn. Uh, but it, when you attack, you discard your hand and draw three cards. Right. And that's really strong. Refilling your hand every turn, even just to three cards is really good like so yeah this this deck pseudo existed prior to modern horizons 2 people were trying this deck and trying to make it work and what really bumped this deck into the position it is now it was the printing of blazing root wall uh and having an extra four copies of the root walla zero cost madness creature uh really bumped this deck uh, mm-hmm. into a new place and so it's cool it's a lot of fun there's to- so many like wild lines that you can take with the deck and it's just a super interesting deck like you just run into some really wild scenarios with it and i, I think that's what it, i like about it it looks like it every time you post a screenshot i'm like oh joe's back on the <laughs> yeah this one i i've I've had games, like, oh, the best part is, like, you get to play Anger in the nice. deck, and I've had some games with Anger that are just like, oh, this this won me the game because Anger existed. Uh, I had a really good one. My uh, So I was playing against, like, the, the Arena Rector-style Nick Fit deck. Rector? Damn your killer. Yeah, me. yeah. So uh, I had, like, nothing on board. Whatever they were too life, had nothing mm-hmm. on board. They I had a hollow one that they made me sack with Professor Onyx, 
<laughs> so Nick Fit players, right? I used to be that. Kind oh, of it, 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 wait, <laughs> are you not? Are you not Joe Dyer then? I, yeah, I'm. I'm more of an unfair player these days, Scott. So, uh, but anyways, eh, so fair. so my, wait or unfair? My my end step there, but two life. I had one out to win the game. I had to hit mm-hmm. a creature that I could put into play off of a madness ability. Basically okay. is what a bullet town. I, I had to have it right there. I had a hollow one in my hand. And so I'm like, all right, cycle this hollow one. Cycle into Andre's Ravager. <laughs> Crack the LED, cast Andre's Ravager, go to my turn. They have no cards in hand. Swing. <laughs> Kill them. I was like, true heart of the cards moment. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, the deck's like super tense. Uh, and that's what I think I like about it. All the games are really tense. They're really interesting. There's a there's a tension to the games where you're like, okay, do they have it? Do they have it? Oh no, they're right. just dead. Cool. Right. Like, right. Decisions matter. Right. Yeah. Right? You're just like, okay, here's some sequencing. I got to make sure I do this right. There's a little RNG with burning inquiry because uh, sure. uh, and some people don't like burning inquiry. I know um, Nate Snyder up in Columbus area. Uh, he played the deck at the Buffalo Chicken Dip event. And he said, I, I didn't really care for the randomness of Burning Inquiry, so I replaced it with Careful Study, and I made a, the necessary changes to the mana base to play Careful Study. And I'm like, that's okay. that's fine. Like, do whatever you think is correct. Like, uh, the version I'm playing plays Burning Inquiry, and it also plays Gamble. Uh, because Gamble as a discard outlet is kind of hilarious, honestly. Uh, especially if you have an yeah. LED in play. And you gamble for like an Anjay's Ravager or a Ox of Argonus, like that's pretty cool. Like you can do some really cool stuff with that. Uh, that Ox, bro. Uh, yeah. So Ox is great. Like that card's super good. I have beaten game, beaten decks with that are playing like traditional like one shot graveyard hate. Like I had a per- I had an opponent that had a Nihil Spellbomb just in play for okay. like most of the game. And they were just like, could never crack the Nihil Spellbomb in a appropriate fashion because they either chose not to or they were waiting for a moment that would have mattered or whatnot. And I never gave them that moment. And I, right. and I cast an Ox of Agonis through a Nihil Spellbomb sitting in play. Now, granted, there was a very brief period of time when I cast a Gamble that they could have cracked the, the Nihil Spell Bomb. Mm-hmm. And I would have had to go and get something else, which would have been Ravager, honestly. But they were like, now nah, let it go. And I'm like, okay, cool, get Ox Begunus, pitch Ox Begunus, crack LED, cast Ox Begunus. Like, right. There's no yeah, priority uh, in there for them to exile exactly. my yard to get rid of the Ox or get rid of cards for the Ox. Yep, because so. once you are in... Once you start casting a spell, you have to pay for the cost right. and everything. But but also they, for the they, they can't respond to the they can't respond to LED. Right, yes, it, right. Because it's a mana. Yeah, it's a mana. Source. It's a mana ability. Yep. Yeah. So so yeah, that, it was like it was pretty cool. So uh, I've been playing that, and I've been playing the the um, the uh, the stuff on Arena for the dailies. But I've been playing a lot of the Tibble's Trickery deck again because I found some new cards to put into the deck that makes it less shitty. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, the deck is bad. Don't get me wrong. The deck is Oof. bad. Like it, you have games where like literally like ten games in a row of best of one, 
you will just lose because you will either mulligan to nothing, or your opponent has a thought seize, or oh. you hit the wrong card off off of your your spinning the wheel. Uh, <laughs> so like it's like oh yeah, I hit my other zero drop enabler. I had to play in this deck to make this deck work. Here's an ornithopter. Right, right. Here's an ornithopter. <laughs> oh, uh, or oh no, I I rolled into another Tibble's trickery. Well, shit. <laughs> like <laughs> I guess I just lose. But there are those games where you're like, oh yeah. Um, so here's Emergent Ultimatum. Uh, go get uh, Alrune's Epiphany, uh, Omniscience, and um, Mind's Desire. And typically, ninety percent of the time, your opponent's going to pick. Uh, omniscience for you to put back in your library <laughs> and uh so okay you're gonna get wow. to mind's desire for like five and or four f- three or four and then you're gonna get to all roads epiphany and take an extra turn and uh <laughs> I, I i've also had games where i've had minds or omniscience stuck in hand or whatnot uh-huh. and so i go get uh valky god of lies and nine sure. times out of ten they still they still pick uh, a card that's not Valky, and so you get to put Tybalt into play. Oh my god! And Tybalt just takes over games really quickly. Like, I had a screenshot that I posted that Scott responded to that he yep. thought was kind of funny, and it's literally I was playing against a Jun sacrifice player, or no, it was just Rakdos sacrifice. It wasn't even Jun. They were just playing Rakdos yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I was literally had like half of their 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 deck in play off of a single Tybalt. <laughs> like, a Mayhem, two, like, two Mayhem Devils, a Dreadhorde Butcher, Priest of the Forgotten Gods, and, uh, oh, whatever that, uh, 2-1 that you sack something to to give it a plus one, plus one counter, a red creature is. I don't remember the name of the creature. Oh, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Hobble Fiend. Yeah. And I'm like, I've got, like, practically their entire board in play. <laughs> like, their entire deck. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I am the sacrifice player now. <laughs> like, yep. This deck is cool. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, this is... You you pirated their deck. Pretty much, yeah. Tybalt, Tybalt did his thing. So... Yep. All right. So, so, yeah. so we, should we talk? Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll definitely hear about these new cards coming at the beginning of this coming week. So Should we talk a little bit about Loki? We're already at like one, glorious. We're already at one forty-five. Uh, let me just say that Kang was Kang was there. Oh man! Uh, Holy yeah, cow! We're man. like several weeks ahead after it now. I think we're fine. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah, I think we're fine. So, so yeah, so yeah, Kang. What was it, Kang or his final form as Immortus? Uh, I think a little bit of both. Like, that's kind of the. Debate, I, I think I think like, I think he was close to Immortus in the sense that he was not too bad of a guy you know right. although he ran a questionable organization uh but using 31st century technology right so uh but i i think he was yeah i think he was okay yeah uh, but he was not yeah. uh he was definitely not good but he was definitely still kang slash amortis or whatnot he, so yeah he was he wasn't good but he wasn't your traditional evil maniacal scheming villain no it, it was it was interesting because you have uh loki and sylvie uh the variant uh, of loki who are looked upon by others as villains encountering 
another villain. Yeah, that part was kind of fun, where it's like, ah, look, yeah. look, we're all villains here. We've all done bad right. things. Like, you yep. you can't claim some moral righteousness over me. Like, you know, because you're not morally righteous. And it's like, yeah, you're kind of right. Like, <laughs> so. I, I, I should do it here with the camera on. Oh, no. Hey, y'all. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Dear God. The scariest <laughs> freaking part of that entire episode was that goddamn clock. And you know what? Don't get me wrong. Nope. I love the actress behind the clock. Tara Strong is like oh, my oh, favorite yeah, voice yeah. actress. Scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> Miss Minutes coming in pretty strong. Literally. You have Loki and uh, Sylvie, uh, they uh, gain egress to the Citadel of Time, essentially. We see that the time stream is essentially going around like a donut around the Citadel of Time at the end of time. And they go in, and it's dark, it's spooky, all this obsidian uh, stonework around or whatever. And, and, and hey suddenly, y'all. Miss, Miss Minutes, like, appears like that. Hey, y'all! And it's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was um, scary as hell, yeah. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was appreciative of how scary they made that. Uh, but yeah. Jonathan Majors, man, Jonathan Majors did such a fantastic uh, job. I was and, really and impressed with that. the fact that him. you have... You have this actor who has to play such a complicated character like Kang. Yeah. Kang Kang is so different depending on when Kang is encountered. Right. And now that uh, we have this multiverse strewn out like uh, clothes fresh out of the dryer across your bed uh, all over the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what king you are encountering right yeah because there are so thousands upon thousands of different types of kings right that can wind up appearing in the prime timeline right yeah so I, i'm i'm excited to see how he portrays kang differently in ant-man and the lost quantumania um, and, and i think we'll get our more traditional comic book looking king because yes this king that we got in loki was very willy wonka meets uh Man behind the curtain in Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. But there were still uh, all those whimsical. elements that were like, okay, yeah, this is definitely Kang. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he he knew everything that was happening up to the point that Loki and uh, Sylvie had to make a decision to either take over for him and run the 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 the, the time bureau or kill him. Yeah, yeah. And, so I, uh, I'm excited yeah. to see what happens next. Uh, I think. Um, well, well, thanks to Sylvie, we are going to get a what happens next because yeah. she kills him, and then suddenly, like the timeline goes bonkers, yep. and that's how we're going to get all of our kings and multiverse. We're going to get the multiverse and, stuff, and I think it was yeah. a really, really clever way of doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they did a good job with uh, portraying that aspect of it because you know we were like, okay, how is the multiverse going to come into play? Well, this is actually a pretty good way of explaining that. So, by having yeah. there being an actual consequence to her actions, and we're getting a season two, right? Uh, because because we we have Sylvia and Loki finally, well, Loki finally confessing her his love for himself, herself? himself, <laughs> himself. The, yeah. This is really um, this is really a journey of self discovery. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sylvie wanting to save the better part of herself, yeets Loki uh, back through a time portal 
but it's um, but it's not back, back the to same the TVA. TVA. It's not because it he appears after the consequences of her actions, right? To where King is like, I'm not going to hide behind any androids anymore. Here's my one statue of me running. The I, TVA. I, I, I think he's in a different. He's in a different multiverse. He's in a different universe. Yeah, I think I think I think she yeeted him into a different time stream. So. Maybe I I I think Loki is going to be in the, in the prime universe, uh, where it'll be King took over and created TVA, but like is keeping it like clear that he's the ruler. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's we'll, it's going to be. We'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, John, Jonathan Majors. He did he did a fantastic job. I'm I'm really impressed. Right. Uh, so. People don't know who Jonathan Majors is. Uh, you should probably go check out this show on HBO called Lovecraft Country. Uh, yeah, he I, is. I never saw he it. He is but the I heard it's really good. prime, uh, the the primary actor uh, in Lovecraft Country, and that was he was fantastic as Atticus in Lovecraft Country. So when I heard that he was going to be in the MCU and he heard he was going to be Kang, I was like, oh, that's cool. That'll be really neat to see. And then that then this episode, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm on board now. Like. Uh, and the other thing to think about is uh, this also brought up, obviously, the concept of the fact that uh, we we have a Kang, uh, and this Kang is a black man, mm-hmm. and that also what we know about Kang is that Kang's real name is Nathaniel Richards, and that he is the direct descendant of one Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. We know we're right. getting the Fantastic Four at some point, uh, right. so. Uh, People have been talking about who would be a good Reed Richards. Uh, I've seen a couple good uh, possible possibilities. Uh, I've seen people suggest the guy that plays. Um, have you, did you watch The Good Place at all? A little okay, bit. Okay, so yes. the guy that played Cheaty on The Good Place. Uh, so people were suggesting him uh, in a couple places, uh, which I think would be fine. I think he would be a good. Uh, he would probably make for a, a halfway decent. Uh, it's William Jackson Harper, uh, is his name. Uh, he would probably be fine as, as Reed Richards. Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, somebody also mentioned uh, Sterling okay. K. Brown from uh, This Is Us. Uh, the guy that plays Randall on This Is Us. He would probably be okay as well. So, um, but I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see who actually gets to be Reed Richards and how they're going to portray that but i think it'll be fine uh i think it's gonna be fun it's gonna be interesting for sure right Uh, now i'm not sure if kang in like an ultimate universe or whatever was descended from uh i I have a feeling uh, that they'll go with that yeah yeah but i don't know we'll we'll see what happens um i either way whatever they choose to do i just hope we get a good fantastic four movie for once i know right um, it, it's been, uh, sadly, it's been leaning towards the Roger Corman version, the one that was never released in theaters mm-hmm. as just a better story, uh, only because of the meme value, because the other movies were just so bad. Right. And, uh, again, I, I say this tongue-in-cheekish because the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie is bad. Mm. Like... We're talking like uh, Star Wars holiday special. Mm. 
So, so uh, some uh, something but, other somebody somebody else brought up too is that this also occurring also gives us the reason why what if can exist. Yeah, which is also cool. How uh, this is, although the show uh, order was messed up due to Rona, right? Um, how it's late, how it's done now, where you start off with Wandavision, and it's like, all right, well, things happened that seemed to deviate from what we thought, and then you had Captain America: Winter Soldier, which was more. Uh, a, look, I said it right first time. How about that? Um. Which was more like a palate cleanser, get back to normal. But then, oh, there's a little twist at the end, right? Um, and then, uh, then we have Loki, which then leads into what if, and it all just kind of seems to fit chronologically now, right? As far as what's happening. Speaking of movies that are not in chronological order, uh, I did see Black Widow. Recently. I have not seen it yet. Okay, so I would like um, to. I would like to get out and see it. Maybe it. Well, here's the thing. My wife is like, when it comes to Marvel movies, right? She goes, she's a champ. She goes. She's like, it was boring. And I'm like, it was okay. So for someone like you, oh, it was really good. Like, Yeah, um, I've heard fair to middling things about it. And I'm just, honestly, I just want to see it just to see it. So yeah. Like um, I, I also is, am a huge fan of David Harbour, so like, uh, yeah, he I, I do he, enjoy he he killed. I, I do enjoy he, David he Harbour quite a bit. I think he's a fantastic actor. So his lines and how he portrayed them feel very quotable. Mm. Um, there's also an end credit scene yes. which, uh, if uh, you have seen uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, that is. There's something about an end credit scene there that will be uh, interesting for those who have seen that, right, uh, right, seen a TV show. But uh, but yeah, so Loki was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I went in like, all right, I'll watch it. Uh, like, not really like, okay, it's Loki. What are they gonna do? Eh, like I, I wasn't on as hype on it as you were. Mm. But whole by episode five, I'm like. This show's amazing. Episode 5 of Loki is perhaps the best Disney Plus show mm. for their Marvel line. Yeah. Of all of them. Classic Loki is my spirit animal. Dude went out like a boss. Yeah. It was just... Oh, Richard E. Grant was, just killed it. Like, oh yeah, he was, he was absolutely was so, fantastic. Yeah. So amazing. So. And then, granted, in this episode, in episode 6, the, the finale... There really wasn't a whole lot of action, but it was more like, oh, we reached the end. Or have you? Right. Yeah, I like, know. There was, that, there was quite was a bit of, of that. That just yeah. I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I just, I still hope that we get uh, Kang as Ramatut and he encounters Apocalypse. I, I have a feeling, I have, so I have, I have a feeling this is how you get, this is how you get mutants. So I, I'm yeah b- because what'll happen is someone like Doctor Strange will will understand okay the timeline has branched and gone crazy how can I fix it right and then he fixes it but just like when you break a bone when you break a bone and, and it gets quote fixed it's never really healed quite right something right. feels different so something new or different going forward where with this sure you may have fixed the timeline so to speak 
but maybe something happened to where what is here now wouldn't have been here if this whole event never happened. Right, yeah. I, I have a feeling so. this is how you get mutants. Like, uh, And yeah. I have a feeling that that's what's going to happen. Now, somebody mentioned there was something that got posted on uh, Hugh Jackman's, uh, I think it's Instagram or something like that. So he, po- oh, he posted yeah, yeah. two things. He posted an image that was the, the gloved hand of Wolverine with the claws coming out. Yeah. And then he posted a picture of himself standing right next to Kevin Feige. So, and we know Jackman had said that he was done. Like, but he had always said if he could be pulled back in, it would be by be via the MCU. Right. So, and yeah. like, like my, my two thoughts on that. A, he comes back as Wolverine and it's just accepted that he is Wolverine. Whatever. Yeah, right. I'm like, totally okay. Um, with this. He, he, he's, he's, uh, instead of doing, uh, Wolverine with X-Men, it's Wolverine with Avengers, mm-hmm. which is where he should be. He is an Avenger type character yeah. as far as when it comes down to Wolverine's just, just his movie status. Right. I understand Wolverine's quote unquote importance within the X-Men, but let's be honest. The X-Men are better off without Wolverine when they want to do X-Men shit. Right. I think he uh, would just he'd be fantastic to see him. He, yeah. yeah. Wolverine is an action character. He needs to be in the action movie, which is Avengers. Right. And you have someone who, like, Fury still has secrets. Nobody knows, like, all of Fury's back history. There could have been something where he encountered Wolverine between the events of Captain Marvel and... Right, yeah, yeah. Wherever they put Wolverine in. Uh, maybe there was something where uh, Wolverine and the Fox, and the Hawk fought or something. Right. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think it's. I think it'll be neat to see what happens. And then... The, the, other, the other thing, the other the second point of that, sorry. Robert, yeah, yeah. Is that that picture is because Hugh Jackman has been brought in to see if whoever they're going to choose say if they recast Wolverine whoever they're going to choose to recast Wolverine kind of meets what he did as far as playing Wolverine or giving pointers or whatever yeah I um, I think it's yeah. just going to be him I I hope so yeah that's what fans want yeah, fans I think want, it's just going to be him and, and, fans want and Wolverine versus Hulk versus Deadpool versus and, and oh and speaking of Deadpool uh we have now crossed Deadpool into the MCU Oh my god! And and the most Deadpool way possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so they did this, and and they, this only works. Okay, let's let's establish this. This only works because Taika Waititi directed this movie that he's in. So uh, and Ryan Reynolds is who he yeah, is. Yes, so Ryan Reynolds is who he is. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Like and his YouTube channel is just like 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 Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Like let's just be realistic right. there. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. There is no other Deadpool. He is Deadpool in real life. Like, he's just that kind of guy. And so... Two guys, a girl, and a Deadpool. Right, right. And so he... <laughs> he They posted this video, and it's a reaction video of the trailer for this movie he's coming in, coming in called Free Guy. So Free Guy right. is this movie where he plays this uh, character in a, in a massive uh, online game. 
or whatnot, who realizes with the help of some uh, code or whatever that he's a character in a video game. So he tries to embark on this quest to save the game before it gets shut down or something like that. It's very Wreck-It right. Ralph kind of kind of uh, uh, thing. But the movie's directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, and so they did this reaction video of watching the trailer on a, with Deadpool and Korg from right. Thor Ragnarok, who is also portrayed by Taika Waititi. So right. it was just, so it was good. just absolutely the most perfect way to, for them to be like, yeah, Deadpool's oh in the God. MCU now, by the way, you know, right. and, and for them to be like, yeah, Deadpool's in the MCU now. And we didn't even make any fanfare about it. Cause that's how Deadpool rolls. Like right. he, he doesn't need a, you know, a big announcement. He's just going to randomly show up somewhere in a, in a movie somewhere and nobody's going to say anything about it. Like, it's just going to be like, oh yeah, it's Deadpool. Uh, right. and, and and Korg was like, oh, maybe maybe Marvel's write you a letter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that it was really good. Oh yeah, it God. was very Just, funny. I, I their their banter is so good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You could tell and... Taika Waititi just in general uh, really understands humor. I I want to see a Deadpool reaction video to the Spider Man. Uh, no way home <laughs> just oh, to see man uh, i just 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 see think, what ryan Reynolds i think we need to there. get a deadpool reacts to every marvel cinematic universe movie i think that would be pretty pretty <laughs> hilarious <laughs> and just have on like different characters like not even like him and korg like just like oh well, we're watching um captain america or whatever and just like randomly dum dum dugan is on there or something like that you know right. <laughs> you know and you're just like wait <laughs> how is oh, the yeah. time wait timelines no. how no you can't even explain it's deadpool like right uh, yeah not not the big scenes just like the little like scenes that just add to the story right. that aren't yeah, yeah, like yeah. super important yeah yeah so yeah i i i'm down with it i i think it's hilarious i think it was a smart way to do things and i i think it's it's like, like the best uh, marketing ploy ever. Like, like, there, like here, there's even here. a poster of him in this movie holding Deadpool in his arms. I don't know if you've seen this. There's a, there's a poster no. for Free Guy that shows Ryan Reynolds and he's holding Deadpool in his arms or whatnot. And it says, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Or no, 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 it's Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds. Like, it's like he's playing him, pseudo playing himself. Like, that's messed up. <laughs> it's really, really, really hilarious. So, uh, like, like here, here's the thing. I could see, like, what you're talking about before where Deadpool reacts to the MCU, where he's watching uh, the first Captain America movie. Why the and, fuck wasn't I in this movie? <laughs> right. He, he's, got, he's got Chris Evans there trying to, like, why did you let this Sander guy talk to you like that? And Chris Evans will say something polite or whatever. It's like, yeah, you are America's ass. <laughs> and then they go to the next clip or something. <sighs> oh my god. Or, or have so... her just be like, there is a distinct lack of fucking in this movie. Like, right. like, did you see my movie? My movie had a lot of fucking in it. That's what made it good. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And during during Endgame, where like it's Hawkeye and Black Widow, who'll be like, hmm, now kiss. <laughs> yeah. Or, or something. Oh my god. Oh, just, man. It would be so hilarious. Like, yeah. Or, or like uh, when Luis comes on for Ant Man, like, 
I like this guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, or just, just, just something. Yeah, but, yeah, man. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, um, wait, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if Deadpool gets a reaction video, but like. Luis is telling him about the MCU. <laughs> oh, they're they're driving in the van, right? Oh my like God. the meme. That's great. Yes, yes. that's great. Oh, this that's is perfect. This Absolutely is perfect. brilliant. All right. All right. So, um, switching gears slightly, uh, we're three episodes away from the end of the Bad Batch. Or at least this first season. I don't know if we're getting a second season or not on that, but. Uh, th- I, I'm still behind on. Um, it's very good so far. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm, impre- yeah, I'm I, impressed. I haven't watched a lot of Star Wars content so, lately. Yeah, my bad. It's okay. However, I ha- I have thought of this. You know how they're supposed to be doing a Kenobi series, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, during the New Hope, when uh, Vader and Kenobi meet, Vader's like, "You should not have come back," and I'm like, "When the fuck was Obi Wan Kenobi ever on the Death Star?" Right. And then I started thinking, like, so how many years was it between Episode 3 and Rogue One? Because between Rogue One and A New Hope was five minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Literally. It's like, so how old was Obi-Wan Kenobi during Rogue One? And if there was enough time between Episode 3 and Rogue One, maybe Obi-Wan found where the Death Star is and... Maybe went to try and retreat the plans, but escaped or yeah, something, know. right? Or encountered Vader somewhere on the Death Star. I don't know. So, yeah, I understand that the uh, writing and some of the things in the New Hope, and really in the original trilogy, don't quite mesh up to like some of the stuff released afterwards. No, but but it'll be fun to see what happens. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've just I've been excited with this whole. Uh, the, with the Bad Batch mainly because I really like the characterization and uh, they've done a really good job with the, the story so far. So I'm looking forward to more uh, out of that series, uh, although there is only three episodes left. So I'm like, it won't be won't be long till we get uh, the Book of Boba Fett, yeah, and uh, the next season of The Mandalorian. So there's that, yeah. I um, mean, we're going to be in Batu in September, so uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, minor housekeeping thing. Uh, next week we will not be recording. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. be out of town, uh, and then we're gonna be figuring stuff out in August. Um, but uh, we'll we'll definitely get back to it. Um, yeah, because your kid uh, goes back to the school pretty soon, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and she might be in a different school, so. Uh, right. So that there is that. Uh, September though, September we have two weeks where I will not be in town. Uh, I will be in Florida for those two weeks, and okay. uh, we do have tickets uh, for Hollywood Studios for two days. Uh, so we're gonna spend one day kind of doing stuff all around the park or whatnot because that's stuff that you can't. We won't be able to do the next day. So we have two. Right. Da- so we have two days. We're going to be there, do all the stuff that we want to do around the park, like the Toy Story Land and like the blah 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 and all the other stuff, stuff for the kid and like stuff and do stuff like that. The next day that we are there, uh, which is September sixteenth, uh, September sixteenth is my fifteen year wedding anniversary. 
Awesome. We are going to be spending pretty much the entire day in Batu. Uh, because, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we have uh, reservations to make lightsabers. Uh, and so uh, 15 years is crystal. We decided on kyber crystals. So so we're going to make lightsabers together. Uh, I am super into. I, I am so excited. I cannot wait. Like my wife. All right. What What's your color? I don't know. I don't. Cause see, the thing is, is like we have a bunch of custom crystals. <laughs> so I might take one of hers. I don't know. No, that's if she'll let me. Uh, <laughs> she has. She has a bunch. Uh, and I'm. I don't know. I haven't decided yet what I'm gonna do. Uh, but I'm. She is bringing all of her stuff with her though. Because she's got carrying things for, like, all of it. So she's going to have them all on, like, a carrying thing. Okay. And so she's going to uh, use that. Because so, she wants to test all of her crystals, obviously. Yeah. Right. So, um, but, I mean, we know they work. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, she's like, I want to test them all just because I want to play. I'm like, that's fair. Um, she's going to get one of those, like, kind of like one of those, like, dog strollers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. and like one of the little dog strollers. We're gonna put like some cardboard on it, and make it like look like a little shuttle bay kind of thing, and oh, we're nice. gonna put the droid in there because we've got our <laughs> her R two unit. We're gonna put her R two unit in there and cart it around like it's a <laughs> like it's a dog, and right. and uh, make it look like it's in a little shuttle thing or whatnot. Uh, so that'll look cool. Uh, but we're also gonna make. I think we're probably gonna make two, possibly three more droids while we're there. Uh, so this will, we're, we're gonna spend a lot of money in Batu. Uh, uh yeah. yes. Look, look, man, you're a, a, a little personal here, but, um, unfortunately, I have not been a very wise financial person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we struggled a lot when we first met. Everything was fine. Then it got to a point where it's like, oh, we're going to be a family. Let's move out together. And, like, we scratched and clawed to get everything we have. So when our 15th anniversary came around, when any anniversary came around, it was like, yeah, find something to do. Uh, we're at a point now, at least in the last five years, especially with where I'm at, uh, with my current job, where we take vacation every year uh, during the week of our anniversary. We still don't go anywhere because we're, we're po. Right. Um, but at least now, uh, you know, we've, we've had this house last year and now this year, um, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing better than we, we've been And each year. It seems like we're doing a little bit more, be uh, a little bit better and a little bit better still and so on and so forth. So we're getting there. Right. But yeah, don't, don't be afraid to live it up. Because your 15th anniversary only comes around once. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm um, looking forward to it. So uh, We've yep. got two days I think we're going to spend it. So we're down there for two weeks, pretty much. Like, yeah. So we got two days I think we're going to spend at Universal Studios. Uh, so we're going to do like one park each. for. The, Is the 16th your first week or second week? There? Second week. So okay. yeah, it's basically the last day we're in our uh, resort hotel. Okay. So, But uh, we're going to do the... The Universal Studios, uh, where we have one day listed of doing the Universal Studios Hollywood Horror Nights, uh, which mm -hmm. is just going to be me and my wife, because uh, obviously Callie can't come to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just literally, she can't. She can't. 
she can't do it. Like they they won't let her in. Uh, yeah, age restrictions, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So uh, there is that. Uh, we are gonna do Gatorland uh, while we're down there. Uh, well, maybe you'll run into Florida. Uh, so amusing, amusing thing about that. Actually, after that episode aired, they actually posted a joke on their Facebook page. Uh, so yeah. they have um, their primary caregiver there. Uh, that is kind of one of the more recognizable faces of the place is a lady named Savannah. And so they okay. posted a thing of uh, uh, the amazing Savanthor or whatnot. <laughs> So, yeah, Savannah, has, and it has like it has her like dressed up as like Thor, or whatnot. Nice. And uh, it says uh, this issue uh, burdened with glorious porpoise. <laughs> so yeah, nice. it was pretty good. Well, yeah, done. it was pretty good. So uh, we're looking forward to going there. That's going to be an exciting time. Uh, they they do this thing there called trainer for a day, where you get to uh, kind of go behind. It's fairly expensive but like you get to go it's like i think it's like 130 dollars you get to go um kind of be around them or whatnot while they're doing their jobs and you also get to kind of like help them or whatnot so you get to learn how to like care for like how they care for the gate the animals and like especially like the gators and so that should be kind of fun so um but we should probably start wrapping up. Uh, I think my dog's, yeah, dog's yeah. going to have to go out here shortly, so we should oh, probably start enough. wrapping that up here. So let's uh, let's start wrapping up. This is episode 49. Uh, yeah, the, almost yeah, there. Almost at almost 50. 50. Uh, so, Scott, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at MTG, MTG Pack Foils on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can also bookmark MTGPackFoils.com. I know I keep promising a new article soon, but uh, just like what Joe described with things coming up in September, both of us always have stuff going on in our lives that, you know, interfere. Joe's more on top of his writing, though, than I am. Joe, where can folks read your articles? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at VolrathXP. You can also find the cast at the Astrolabcast on Twitter and the Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find my articles every Tuesday and every Thursday on MTG Goldfish at This Week at Legacy and Vintage 101. I've had quite a few extra stuff this month because of uh, lore articles and stuff like that, plus the uh, the D and D adventure. So it's been a busy month for me, but uh, it's been pretty good. So, uh, so that brings us to the end of episode forty nine. Uh, I hope you guys have a good week. Uh, we'll see you guys in a few weeks here uh, after I get back from my vacation next week uh, at weekend, and uh, have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. Let's go, Reds. <laughs>